We've learned then that the whole creation is groaning, waiting for its adoption as sons and uh, daughters. And also, uh, not only that, but we ourselves are groaning, that is, we Christians, because we are waiting too for this uh, Adoption, this redemption of our body. And it's important, as I said uh, in the last few um, programs, uh, to identify that pain properly. We have a, a, an undergrade, an under toe of pain that often we don't um, identify and we take antidepressants for it or we try to figure out what has happened to our us in our childhood and there may be causes in there uh, there too but the greater underlying pain is our separation from God and our need to find our our need to reach that place where we are again brought into adoption when Christ comes. In the meantime, of course, we're accepted in Jesus. We are living by faith in him. And uh, also our prayers, as Paul then points out in verse 26, are being guided by the Holy Spirit. We sometimes pray for what we don't, uh, we pray and we don't know what we're asking for, really. We don't even know what to ask for. And uh, so sometimes it's necessary, and all this is by review, to sit quietly and to close our eyes and just rest in God while that pain is being identified by the Holy Spirit and taken to our Father. And uh, that leads Paul to say, because God is guiding us in all things, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. All things work together for good to those who love God. What a strange thing that is to say. I mean, troubles and worries, uh, loss of a job, loss of finances, loss of health, loss of relationships, um, how can those things possibly work together for good? It might be a good idea for you to reread the the beginnings of the uh, uh, tribes of Israel in the book of Genesis. All the troubles they went through, family feuds and uh, uh, desires to murder one another, Jacob and Esau, you know, and uh, then the kidnapping of Joseph and what have you. These were not functional families that God chose. And yet, all those things worked out together for good. So, you see, Paul is making a, coming to a point based on all of this, and he says it this way, for whom, he prede- for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Now, some people get really nervous when they hear about this predestination thing because they think that Paul is talking about some being predestined for life and others being predestined for hell. And especially when they read the words, for whom the ones, or whom the ones he foreknew, he also predestined, and they read that as if it were saying, some are being predestined, while others are not. But that is not the reading that Paul is intending, and we can uh, come to that conclusion as we read uh, chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Romans. What Paul is simply saying here is that when God foreknows people, that is, 
sets his mind and heart upon them throughout all, before all eternity, before uh, all creation, when he sets his mind on them, foreknows them, he also predestines, that is, he destines their future. And what is that destination? To be conformed to the image of his Son. God has set about determining that the human race shall be destined to become like his Son, that he might be the firstborn among all creation, among many brethren. Now, this is good news. This is a marvel to us. It means that the groaning of creation has a destiny to it. It means that the groaning of believers has a destiny to it. It means that when we pray and we don't know what to pray because we're groaning within and the Holy Spirit takes those groanings to God the Father, there's a destiny to that because God is putting within our heart the longings for eternity that he has predestined that shall the uh, that shall be fulfilled. You see, predestination, according to chapters, and again, I'm just just jumping ahead here because I will be talking about it in detail later on. Predestination is not simply for the few. Paul tells us in uh, Romans chapter twenty, uh, uh, chapter eleven, verse twenty-six, isn't it, that all Israel will be saved. Paul also tells us in Romans chapter 11, verse 32, that God has committed, that is imprisoned, all humanity, that he, uh, that is, he has imprisoned all humanity in disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. Which means, of course, that he has predestined all humanity for mercy. These verses have been so neglected and overlooked and we have fallen for a terrible interpretation of predestination that causes us to fear rather than have jubilant faith. The message is that all that is going on in our hearts and minds when troubles strike and when we feel down and we groan within like the rest of creation, the message is that that is all part of God's determination, predetermination to rescue us because he's put within us that groaning which is a longing to call out to him to help us. You see, God put within Adam and Eve, you remember, that, uh, that uh, antipathy of spirit, there, uh, that uh, there will be a longing for heaven while there's still a craving for the things of the devil. And uh, those things, that conflict within is placed there by God. I will put enmity he says, between you and the woman, it's placed there by God so that all humanity from time to time until it becomes regular will call out to God, especially when they come to the end of themselves, especially when there is conflict and trouble and wars and famines and earthquakes and all these things that, un that create chaos in our lives. We call out to God because we have a spirit within us that God has given us that causes us to groan for something better. And that groaning of creation 
and the people of God and the Holy Spirit groaning within us and even in our prayer life is all part of that working together for good so that God motivates humanity to the desire for salvation. Not that they know it right now, most are fleeing from God. But when God sets things up in a certain way so that humanity will be longing to be redeemed, then he will give the gift of faith. And that gift of faith is all part of God's plan to set humanity up for its eternal destiny. Yes, he has to bring humanity through judgments. He has to do many things that bring us to a state of, of emptiness, of, of disorder, of longing. But he does it because he has the plan. And the plan is that he foreknew us. If you trace the word foreknow, in the, through the Scriptures, through the New Testament, you will discover that it doesn't simply mean knowing beforehand, knowing whether we would accept Christ or not, but rather setting us up and setting situations up that would inevitably draw us to God. For knowing, Jesus was foreknown. He would, the, the translation of that word, when it says he uh, was foreordained, is the same word as for, uh, foreknew. To foreknow is to foreordain. Jesus was foreordained to be the Savior of the world, and in the same way we are foreordained to be saved. It's not that we're saved against our will. It's not that God turns us into zombies. It's that God sets up situations that bring us to the place where we finally long to be saved, where we want to be saved, either here in this earth or in the judgment, the final judgment. For in the final judgment, according to Romans 14, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, uh, that is, every tongue shall make, take an oath, that in God, the Lord alone is their righteousness and strength. God knows, you see, what he's doing. He knew us then beforehand. He set his will and love upon us. And he then predetermined. That's what the word predestined means. Predetermined us, predetermined that we would be conformed to the image of his son. Now, you may not think that that's happening in your life. You may say, well, my life's an absolute chaos. I can't get it, pull things together. I have despair every day. But the fact is, that chaos and that despair is bringing you to the place where God will give you or train in you the faith that he has for you. Faith is not an act of the will. It comes as a gift from God. So, for whom, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. You say, it says many there, not all, Colin. But the word many is used as all in the New Testament. We found that in the book of Romans, chapter 5. Because uh, many died... Paul says, and uh, through the one man Adam, and therefore the many will be um, brought to life in Christ. Well, how, are many, how many is many in those who died? Well, obviously all, isn't it? Because all die, and therefore all will be raised in Christ. And it says in Romans 5.18 to confirm that, that uh, as in one man, Adam, 
all were condemned, so also in the one man, Jesus Christ, and his righteousness, all will be justified. Paul is using, and it's not simply Paul that uses it this way. The word many means in the sense of masses, the masses, the many will be all God's creation. And this is confirmed, of course, in Roman, in Colossians, because in Colossians we have these wonderful words that God in Christ is going to reconcile all things to himself, whether things in heaven or things on earth, having made peace with them through the cross. He's going to reconcile everything together and bring the kingdom back to his Father. He's going to save all every last sheep and goat. So, you see, we need to expand our faith and allow God to give us a greater depth of faith because he has a plan that is beyond our wildest dreams. This planet is not destined for dis, uh, extinction. This planet is not destined for slow death. This planet is destined for the children, the, the, uh, the liberation of the children of God. And we are all part of it. And those who have not yet come to believe, they will be brought under judgment and they will see the truth and come to believe because in the final judgment, every knee shall bow. So give heart to give thanks to God. Lift up your heart and say, Father, thank you so much that you have set your my destiny and I'm walking with you now by faith, trusting you that you will get me there. Well, thank you for joining me today. Colin Cook here, and this is a program called How It Happens, which you can listen to every Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock in the evening on the radio uh, and uh, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states. KLTT AM670, call letters, AM670, uh, uh, as I say, at 10 o'clock in the evening. But you can also hear the program on your smartphone anytime of the day or night, simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. And thanks so much for all your support. I do appreciate it. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.